Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Have you ever felt like your life had so much pressure in it that you felt like you were drowning? Have you ever looked at the bills to be paid and you're wondering, how am I going to pay these? Have you lost a loved one and you felt the pain that comes and hits you like the waves of the ocean? Have you made a mistake and you, you feel the, the guilt and the shame of that mistake and, and you wrestle on the inside and say, how can I live again? I've got good news for you. You can live again because of what Jesus has done for you. Today, we started by singing these songs of our resurrected king. But today, we're going to talk about not just a resurrected king, but how he wants to resurrect you. That you do not have to wait until you die to experience a resurrected life. And today, we're going to tell you the three ways to experience a resurrected life. Many of us, if you were here today, you would probably know the story of Jesus. He's God's son. God sent him to this earth to show us the way towards our Father in heaven. He chose to give his very life for us and died on a cross and took the penalty of our sin, of our mistakes on the cross that day, and he allowed us to now have a relationship with our Father in heaven. It was symbolized by the curtain in the temple that was ripped in two. That was indicating that God wanted to be close to us and Jesus made the way. But it didn't end there. Three days later. Three days later. Jesus rose from the grave. He had a resurrection. Conquering death. But the interesting thing in that story, and and we think about the resurrection as something so spectacular, which it was, but there was another resurrection that took place in the Bible before Jesus' resurrection. Jesus had uh, a great friend. His name was Lazarus. But before we go into that story of Lazarus, And his resurrection, I want you to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. It will be on the screen for you this morning. Romans chapter 6, verse 5. I want you to understand what this verse represents for you and I. I also want to put the filter for this verse. It could be so easily thought of, this is what happens after we die, but I want to let you know that what he's talking about is here and now. Romans chapter 6, verse 5. For we have been united with him in a death like his. We shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we could no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Think about that for a minute. The person who has died 
is set free from sin. Now, we're talking about not your physical death. We're talking about learning how to die to yourself. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, a resurrected life. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Today you are going to discover what it means to live a resurrected life. Today is going to be the most hopeful day of your life. Because you realize that the pain and the hurt, the shame and the guilt has been taken care of. It's been dealt with. And you can live with hope. You can live with joy and you can live with freedom and you can live with peace. So getting back to Lazarus, another resurrection that took place before Jesus' resurrection. Lazarus has two sisters, Mary and Martha, good friends of Jesus. Some would say that Lazarus is one of Jesus' best friends. And here it is, Jesus got word that Lazarus was sick. And interestingly enough, He heard that news, but he stayed where he was ministering for several more days before he went to go back to Mary and Martha. By the way, if you want to find out what this account is, it's in John chapter 11. So here he is going back to Mary and Martha, and he finds them weeping in sorrow because they feel like, Jesus, you you forgot us, you left us, And now our brother is dead and he is now in a tomb with a stone rolled over it, just like Jesus. And Jesus says, why are you crying? Why are you weeping? Do you not know who I am? And I would ask the question for us today, do you not know who Jesus is? Because when we look at our life circumstance and we look at the situations around us, we say, it looks grim. It looks bleak. Where are you, Jesus? And by the way, Jesus is right on time. And he's right there. Mary and Martha didn't understand what Jesus wanted to do. And and Jesus says, well, go show me where Lazarus is. And they take him to the tomb. Jesus says, I... I only do what I see the Father in heaven doing. And and so Jesus is all of a sudden understanding what God is wanting to do. And and he calls Lazarus' name. He says, Lazarus, come out of that tomb. Now, Lazarus has been dead for four days. They would say that, don't open the stone. It's going to reek. It's going to stink. And they move the slate of stone that covers this cave, that covers this tomb. And when Jesus says these words, Lazarus, come forward. Lazarus comes. Can I have my sidekick up here for a moment? I want you to look at this picture for a moment. Here is a guy that's been dead for four days. (laughs) Yes, you do smell like you've been dead for quite some time. 
You do smell great, by the way. Can you just hold that for me for a second? I just want to make a quick little analogy here. So here it is. It's kind of like this guy is all wrapped up here. He probably, he has something probably over his face too. Probably. I didn't tell you I was going to do this, did I? And he had to hear God's voice. And he had to respond to him in such a way. He probably hopped out of the tomb. Just stay there. Don't try to move. You're going to hurt yourself or something. He probably had a hop out of the tomb. And then Jesus says to Lazarus' friends and family, he says, says, unravel him. Unravel him. Here's a guy that has been dead for four days, and he hears God's voice through Jesus Christ. And he responds to that voice, and, and now Jesus is saying to his friends, go unravel him. So if you can think for a moment, this guy has been dead in a tomb, in a dark tomb, for four days. He could probably hear. His eyes are probably pained by the light right now. His muscles have probably already gone through atrophy of stiffening up from being dead. But his friends begin to unravel him. And he begins to walk, to see, and proclaim what Jesus has done. Thank you very much. Give him a hand real quick. I wanted you to get a visual of what it was that he was a mummy coming out of a tomb. Mary and Martha thought that Jesus was too late. I want to tell you, church, that Jesus is just in time for your situation. He is just in time for your situation. I don't know what your situation is. Maybe the bills are mounting. Maybe there is a situation in your family, in your life, a job situation, and you're saying, how can I live again? How can I find purpose in life? How can I find meaning in life? How can I deal with this pain that I feel? And Jesus' voice is calling you that the person that's in the tomb, each one of us have places in our life that are still in a dark cave, in a tomb. And Jesus is saying, would you come out? John, Sue, Frank, would you come out of the cave? Would you come out of the darkness because I've got new life for you. I want to resurrect you. And in that moment, Lazarus hears the voice of Jesus and he could have been all in his mind saying like, I am all mummied up. There's no way I can respond. And aren't we paralyzed by fear sometimes? Aren't we just paralyzed by fear? Aren't we just paralyzed by our situation? And all he's asking us to do is hear the voice of Jesus. Hear the voice of Jesus says, would you respond to me? And I'll give you a resurrected life. So the first thing, I told you I was going to give you three things of, to, to experience a resurrected life. The first thing, if you're taking notes, is, is that you need to respond to the voice of Jesus. Respond to the voice of Jesus. Jesus is calling. Do you hear him? Even when it doesn't sound like he's close by, he is close by. The second way to have a resurrected life is you have to allow the people of God to take off your grave clothes. 
Lazarus was not capable on his own. I want to encourage you, if Easter is the only time or Christmas is the only time you come to church, I want to let you know that you're missing out. Because the family of God is needed for us to walk in our freedom. That we will still stay bound. We can still respond to the voice of God, but we'll still stay bound in our fear, in our pain, in our whatever life circumstance we find us. It's the people of God who comes around us who says, hey, let me pray with you. Let's do this together. Hey, let me unravel some parts of your life for you so you can walk again, so you can have freedom again, so you can be set free. The third part of to find a resurrected life is that we need to learn to walk again. You see, when the Bible says that we are born again, that when we are, when it says we're dead in our trespasses, it means that until we've come to Christ, we are like dead men and women walking. Our spirit has not come alive. And what Jesus is saying, when we respond to his voice, and we respond by saying, Jesus, I want to find this resurrected life. It's called being born again when your spirit has new birth. But when that happens and the family of God starts to unravel you a little bit from, from all the things that have kept you bound, you then have to realize I've got to learn how to walk in this new life. I've got to learn how to walk in this new life. Because the new life is going to have a new thought life. This new life is going to have new desires. This new life is going to set you in a new direction that's going to bring prosperity to your life. And when I say prosperity, I'm just not talking about you're going to start rolling in the money. What I'm saying, prosperity is the things that will prosper you like peace, like joy, like contentment. Are you tired of chasing after those things? Guess what? You think you're going to go after it and you just get ready to grasp it and it gets out of your reach. And it leaves you empty and chasing every time. And Jesus is saying, hello, I'm outside the tomb. I'm calling you. Where are you today? Are you in the tomb? Are you still the mummy sitting, standing outside the tomb? Have you been unraveled, but then you've, you've stopped? You said, I found my freedom, but you no longer help anybody else find their freedom. Maybe there's parts that are outside the cave. Maybe there's parts outside the tomb, but guess what? There's still parts that you're saying, I'll give you this God, but I'm holding on to this. You know, it's the very thing that, that it's trickery. You know, we have an enemy who wants to trick us says, as long as God can't handle that, other people can't handle that. So we keep it hidden deep into our hearts. And meanwhile, Jesus is saying, hello, would you let me unravel you? Let me, let me help you learn how to feel and love again. I know you got so hurt in that past relationship and you said these words, I will never. But Jesus says, I want to help you overcome that. I want to restore the things that have been taken away from you. I want to restore your life. I want to give you a resurrected life. Where are you today? Where are you today?
I want you to write down this verse. Ephesians chapter 2, the whole chapter. We're not going to go through it today. But I want you some point in time today to read that chapter. Ephesians chapter 2. It's going to help you understand this new life that he's really designed for you. This new family that he wants to put you in. That you are a citizen of a new kingdom. There's only one way to find a resurrected life. It's through a resurrected Jesus. There is only one way to find a resurrected life. It's through a resurrected Jesus. Today, as we celebrate our resurrected Savior, would you allow him to resurrect your life? The interesting thing about Lazarus is he was Jesus' friend. Jesus responded to a friend. And you might say, hey, Jesus loved him. And Jesus did. But God loves you. And he considers you a friend. So before you start feeling like, well, you know, does he really love me? Does my stuff, my, my things that I've packed in this bag and put underneath the bed, is it really... Does he really love me that much that he's okay with that? See, that's why he went to the cross. Because he's more than okay with it. He already took care of it. But what we need to do is keep responding to the voice of Jesus who says, come. Who says, come. Who says, come. Let's pray. Father, I just... Thank you so much this morning for what it means to have a resurrected life. Jesus, that you conquered death, that you came back to life. But Jesus, you didn't do this just for yourself. You did it so we too can live this new life. To be raised to life. To experience a resurrected life. You came for us, Jesus. You died for us, Jesus. You're always calling our name, Jesus. And our job is to respond. To be willing to move outside the cave. To be willing to... To, to respond to that voice, even though it's awkward. Boy, we've been sitting in that cave for a long time. It's so awkward. I'm all bound up so much. But Jesus, I also pray that we would, that we would learn what it's like to be okay with somebody unraveling us. That the family of God would come around us to, to gently and lovingly Help us find freedom. And then when we learn to walk in this new life and when we learn to to run again and to dance again and to have joy again, that we can right in turn help unravel others. On this Easter Sunday, we say thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Thank you for not only calling Lazarus' name out of the tomb, but this morning, you're calling our name. 
every single one of our names. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 